A new bombshell court filing has just been dropped over in Fulton County, Georgia, which reveals through extensive cell phone tracking data that Ms. Fannie Willis almost certainly lied to the court during her testimony. And when I say that this phone tracking data is extensive, I really do mean it. This data, subpoenaed from AT&T, shows the alleged whereabouts of Mr. Nathan Wade in the year leading up to him getting assigned to be special counsel. And it reveals that despite what they claimed under oath, well, Mr. Wade and Ms. Fannie Willis certainly spent a lot of nights together for two people who were allegedly just friends. Although before I show you the exact data that came from these cell phone pings, let me quickly back up and give you the context for why they were even introduced to the court in the first place. As you're likely very well aware, over in Fulton County, Georgia, Trump's RICO case has taken, you can say, a bit of a backseat to the allegations that were lobbied against Ms. Fannie Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney. The allegations came out in a court filing about two or so months ago, alleging that Ms. Fannie Willis was having an affair with the special prosecutor she assigned to the case and benefiting financially from the case against Trump. The basic gist is that Ms. Fannie Willis assigned the man who she was having an affair with to be the lead prosecutor in the case. Her office then paid him upwards of six or $700,000 before he then turned around and took her on lavish vacations around the world to places like Napa Valley, the Caribbean, Texas, Florida, and so on. That's the general outline of the allegation. And over the past several weeks, there were multiple days of in-person testimony wherein both Ms. Fannie Willis as well as Mr. Nathan Wade, they tried to explain away this whole affair. And one of the cruxes of their argument is that they claim that their personal relationship began in the year 2022, which is significant because it would mean that they only started to see each other after Mr. Nathan Wade was assigned to be the lead prosecutor in the Trump case. Here's a timeline. Mr. Nathan Wade was assigned to be special counsel on the Trump case in November of 2021. And the claim made by Ms. Fannie Willis and Mr. Nathan Wade is that before this assignment, they were just friends and only became romantically involved afterwards in the year 2022. Now, obviously, that's still not great, but it's the story that they've stuck to. Under oath, both Mr. Nathan Wade and Ms. Fannie Willis repeatedly told the court that their personal relationship only began in the year 2022, after he was assigned to be the special prosecutor. However, during the actual course of the hearings, there were several witnesses who claimed otherwise, who claimed that the relationship actually began much earlier. For instance, there was a former employee of the district attorney's office who testified that the relationship actually began in the year 2019. There was also a former lawyer from Mr. Nathan Wade's law firm whose text messages likewise claimed that the alleged relationship began in the year 2019. But in this type of a scenario, it's just essentially their word against Ms. Fannie Willis's. One side says that the relationship began in 2019. The other side says that it began in the year 2022. Who do you believe? Well, it's exactly amidst this backdrop that lawyers for President Trump dropped this new court filing right here. You can see it up on screen for yourself. Trump's lawyers were able to subpoena AT&T, and by doing so, they were able to get Mr. Nathan Wade's cell phone records from January 1st of 2021 up until November 30th of 2021, right when Mr. Nathan Wade was assigned to be the special counsel, meaning that these phone records, they cover the 11-month period leading up to Ms. Fannie Willis assigning Mr. Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor. It's also, again, that same period of time where, under oath, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis claimed that they were not seeing each other. They were just friends. However, 
these phone records, as well as the geolocation data that were tied to these phone records, they paint a much different picture. Here are some of the top line findings. Quote, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis exchanged over 2,000 voice calls and just under 12,000 text messages from January 1st of 2021 through November 30th of 2021. Geolocation data indicates that Nathan Wade was at Fannie Willis's condo on at least 35 occasions. The data revealed he was stationary at the condo and not in transit. Nathan Wade's visits to Fannie Willis's condo were corroborated by texts and phone calls. Then the report lists some concrete examples. For instance, quote, on November 29th of 2021, Following a call from Ms. Willis at 11.32 p.m., while the call continued, Nathan Wade's phone left the East Cobb area just after midnight and arrived within the geofence located on the Dogwood address, which is Ms. Fannie Willis's condo, at 12.43 a.m. on November 30th of 2021. The phone remained there until 4.55 a.m. Then, in another similar example, quote, on September 11th of 2021, Nathan Wade arrived at the condo address at approximately 10.45 p.m. He left the address at 3.28 a.m. and arrived at his own home at 4.05 a.m. He then texted Fannie Willis at 4.20 a.m. Now, because of the time constraints in this particular case and the fact that there was literally an entire year's worth of data to comb through, well, the lawyers for Trump were only able to go through a part of it. But even that small part they were able to cover, it showed roughly 35 trips that Mr. Nathan Wade made to Fannie Willis's condo, many of them being late at night. And so what appears to have been happening, at least according to this data, is that these two individuals were having their affair throughout at least 2021. At the tail end of 2021, Ms. Fannie Willis assigned Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor in the Trump case. Her office then subsequently paid him upwards of $700,000, and then he turned around and took her on lavish vacations around the whole world. Now, of course, they claim that she paid him back in cash for those trips, but they have no receipts to prove it. Regardless, though, once they were caught, they told the court under oath that their relationship only started in the year 2022, after this assignment was made. However, the only problem with that story is that the cell phone data appears to show otherwise. In 2021, leading up to the assignment, Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis, they exchanged 12,000 text messages, 2,000 phone calls, and dozens of personal, physical late night visits. I guess we can make up our own minds as to what was likely happening behind the scenes. Now, because admitting this type of evidence into the official record would essentially show that Ms. Fannie Willis lied to the court, well, it appears that she is fighting tooth and nail to have the evidence be inadmissible. Although it's worth mentioning that she says she's only doing it for technical and procedural reasons. Here's part of what Ms. Fannie Willis wrote to the court regarding why they should just ignore this cell phone ping data. Quote, the cell phone data fails to prove anything relevant and should be tossed because it contains both telephone records that have not been admitted into evidence and an affidavit and other documents containing unqualified opinion evidence. Because of this, the court should exclude the new information or at least consider rebuttal evidence that demonstrates the unreliability of the unqualified opinion evidence improperly introduced by defendant Trump. The records do nothing more than demonstrate that Special Prosecutor Wade's telephone was located somewhere within a densely populated multi-mile radius where various residences, restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and other businesses are located. Although it is really worth mentioning that despite how Ms. Fannie Willis is trying to paint this cell phone tracking data as being imprecise, in reality, police departments across the country use this exact same technique to pinpoint suspects all the time. It's a very common technique which can locate people typically within a few dozen feet. In fact, many people who were at the Capitol on January the 6th were actually tracked down using this exact same method. Regardless, though, that was her defense. Although, what is perhaps most interesting is that just earlier today, ahead of closing arguments in this particular case, while the judge overseeing the whole thing, he indicated that he's pretty much heard enough 
and he doesn't even necessarily need to go through the phone records to make his final determination. Take a listen. All right, and then as I'd indicated as well on Tuesday, both parties since the uh, close of the evidence on the 16th had followed up. Uh, now I think both sides have made requests to reopen the evidence. On behalf of the defense, there were some issues with uh, cell phone records, and the state has uh, found an additional uh, witness that they would like to present. And the instruction I provided on Tuesday was that for today, I think we've reached the point where I'd like to hear more of how some of the legal arguments apply to what has already been presented. And it may already be possible for me to make a decision uh, without those needing to be material uh, to that decision. So that's why we're here today. I wanted to make sure we held this time because it is a bit of a logistical challenge to get everyone in a room together. And so there you have it. The final verdict regarding whether or not Ms. Fannie Willis will ultimately be kicked off the case should be coming in within the next week or two. So we can look forward to that. Although, to be frank with you, my biggest takeaway from this new court filing regarding this cell phone data is just a sudden realization of how closely we're being tracked. I mean, I've heard many cybersecurity experts say that we're just carrying around essentially a tracking device in our pockets all the time. But it's really wild to see a case like this where a lawyer can just subpoena the phone company and they turn over not only your text message and your call logs, but they even hand over your physical location data going back three years. And this is not even a murder case or something like that. I mean, of course, this case is important to the nation, but there is something really unsettling about knowing that all it takes is a simple subpoena from the other side, and then your physical location data can just be handed over. I mean, I've known for a long time that it is being tracked via the phone, but I just assumed that it was being wiped every few months, like a surveillance camera that needs to delete the old files to record the new ones. I had no idea that people could get access to literally years worth of my minute travel history. That is, at least to me, the most unsettling aspect of this whole case. But that's just me. I'd love to know your thoughts. Do you think that this new cell phone data proves that Ms. Fannie Willis and Mr. Nathan Wade were lying to the court? And if not, what do you think that they were doing late at night 35 times over in that condo? And also, how do you feel about knowing that at any time your cell phone company can turn over your location data and reveal where you've been traveling to over the past several years? I'd love to know your thoughts. Please leave them in the comments section below. I'll be reading them tonight as well as over the weekend. And then until next time, I'm your host, Roman from the Epic Times. Stay informed. Most importantly, stay free.